I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello? Hello? Podcast Network Asia. This episode is brought to you by Podmetrics. Podmetrics is a podcast analytics platform that enables podcasters to see all the relevant data they need to know about their podcast's audience. Sign up now at podmetrics.co and use the referral code RESTING2XPOD. Again, the code RESTING2XPOD. What's going on? This is Xavier Woods, a.k.a. Austin Creed. I said give me a hell yeah! Hey, this is Zeta Zane. Hey, everyone. This is Jeff Cobb. Hello, WWE Universe in the Philippines. This is Charlotte. Talent is not sexually transmitted. Hey, this is TJP, the Phil and Flash, and you are listening to the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. You are listening to and watching the longest-running weekly episodic Filipino wrestling podcast. This is the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. Stan, see Ro Moran and Chino Liao at your service. And yeah, I got some grills. Kaya hindi ako makapagsalita na maayos. Sobrang lame na grills. Yeah, I wish we could all call it that, but it's not. It's not. <laughs> What's the closest like, thing you would get to grills? Like yeah. if you if you called it grills when we all had bra- when I had braces I had braces in high school if I called it grills maupakan ako eh. <laughs> so the the real term for these uh, these things is foursome springs and uh, they're supposed to fix my bite uh, fix my jaw alignment and whatever obviously that's bad for business for me so I'm gonna have them fixed again very soon so what's gonna happen is I'm gonna try my best to anchor the show like I usually do. But for the most part, Ro and Chino are going to do a bulk of the talking. So, like uh, Chino said kanina, agenda natin for this week, we, we got we got to talk about Survivor Series. We got to talk about AW Dynamite. Winter is coming. is happening next week. So, you know, big event happening on the AEW side of things. And before we get anywhere, just a big shout out to everybody who's following us on Kumu at Wrestling Wrestling Pod, watching us. Smashing those hearts, nagpapadala ng halo-halo. Thank you so much to everybody. Of course, the mga... shares, guys. The shares are yeah. also important. Si Ace42, uh, shared her stream like a hundred times. Either nagami yung phone ito, or <laughs> she just really likes the stream. But she shared hey, it you. a bunch of times. And thank now you. a lot more people are joining the wrestling talk here on Google. Hey. So thank you, Ace42. Uh, hey. And say yeah, and... to rated to Rated Jai for following us. Thank you rin pala to Usapan Retro a fellow show on Podcast Network Asia and Kumu to Angelo, Sanya, and Ron for having us. Uh, we had a lot of fun on Saturday talking about wrestling references in pop culture, so you can check that out on Spotify. Yung mga links namin for Lazada, Shopee, Mr. Speedy, that's all coming up later on. we got to start with The Undertaker, though, because nung Monday Manila time, enough, final farewell for real, for real. I'd like to think so. I've been asking this question on social media since Monday. 
What is your favorite Undertaker match or moment? Okay, uh, might as well start. No, no, I, I think I have the bad place to start because I wasn't or I'm not as big as a, an Undertaker fan as like a lot of wrestling fans are. So the biggest Taker moments for me are from both the Ruthless Aggression era and from the PG era, the modern era. So I would say I would rank it by naming his best work, which is his stuff with Kurt Angle, uh, especially in 2006 when Kurt Angle was World Heavyweight Champion on SmackDown. So I think Pati uh, Young's stuff with Shawn Michaels in the late 2000s. So whenever Taker is brought out to do the work that he has never been known for, let's be honest, he has, he's never been known for great in-ring work until late in his career. Uh, that's when uh, I like Undertaker the most. All right. I will beg to disagree here and say that I think his best work happened during in the Attitude Era, where he really okay. hit his stride as an undead wizard. That's fair. Uh, that's fair. He, he had a lot of great matches during that time, most notably the very first Hell in a Cell with Shawn Michaels. That was pretty memorable when nobody expected them to scale the cage for one. Nobody expected them to have King come out. Nobody expected that. And so, yes, these were all moments by other people, but I feel like Undertaker contributed a lot to them. I also really like his Hell in a Cell series with Mankind, the hardcore legend Mick Foley, who took some hellacious bumps off the top of the cage. The guy literally put himself in a coma, in a concussion, just to sell the spot. And so I really I like that as well. And like Rose said, the later iterations of The Undertaker were pretty cool. Badass Undertaker for me, the best match he's had yeah. was on SmackDown against Rey Mysterio. That match was pretty, was pretty special, especially it being on just regular TV. I also am a fan of the later incarnations of The Undertaker, like his matches with Shawn Michaels. So again, I'm... I'm I, I'm saying this because I've watched wrestling the longest, I assume, out of all of us here. So oh, yeah. I've more or less tracked his career from, even from his very first Survivor Series, right? but from like his later incarnations during the Attitude Era, when he headed the Ministry of Darkness, when he did that turn, where he was supposed to be married to Stephanie and she was sacrificed on the cross. That to me was just what I remember the most about the Undertaker, and we won't get those moments anymore. But at the same time, I'm happy that he's gotten to where he is right now. That he can afford to do a thousand dollar cameo, cameo, <laughs> and TikTok videos with his wife. Oh, your favorite moment of the Undertaker can be summarized in three words: you, me, SummerSlam. <laughs> 2004 with JBL, tapos JB. Ichinok Slam niya through the limo. Sobrang memorable kasi it was one of those first feuds that really sucked me into the Undertaker character. And then yung kami ng sister ko, we really remember that to this day. And I think uh, people who grew up in the Ruthless Aggression era, yun yung parang tayo na talagang tumatataksi, that run from wrestling as a whole from 03 to 05. So yun, that's my favorite Taker moment. But going to the segment itself, what did you guys think about how it was booked and how it was produced? Uh, I thought it was good of them because there were rumors that um, either this segment or the main event, which was Drew McIntyre versus Re- uh, Randy Orton, Roman Reigns, was either going to close the show. So either one of those, right? 
So I'm glad that they went with the whole show happening in the first three hours. That was yung segment itself happening at the end. So parang if you didn't want to watch The Undertaker say his final farewell, whatever that meant, you could drop off immediately after the, the last match. But then if you did want to watch, you could stick around. So that they structured it that way. I don't know what to feel about the that last 30 minutes, though. Uh, it was strangely booked. First, you got the, the legends coming out, all the people that Undertaker once worked with who are hallmarks of his wrestling career. And then all of a sudden, they're gone. Oh, well, I'm not package. package. <laughs> Vince McMahon is in there to talk to bring him out. And then he cuts a quick promo. It was all weird to me. It was really fan service, I would say. Not that it was wrong. But it was something that was skippable if you didn't feel that mil- that much for the Undertaker. I actually have an explanation for that, and this is, this yes, is where yes. I think they try they they want to go here. Uh, you remember how you go to parties, right? Like example, this is a retirement party for somebody who worked thirty years. Right? Let's let's put it in that context. So in every party, may photo booth, <laughs> may photo booth. <laughs> this is their version of the photo booth. Right, you had all like these, these guy, this guy's old office office buddies. They come out of retirement, drop by the office one last time to say goodbye to their old friend, and this is like their own like mini reunion of sorts, right? It wasn't the the best way to execute it. Lalo na Kane who had to like Dress put up. on his own put on his own get up and then only be out for like five seconds, right? But then at the same time, you know, it was it was definitely fans on this, you know. Getting to see Henry Godwin and, and the Godwins, see how they look like Samuel Vega, you know, who knew Samuel Vega was still there. But of, like super throwbacks to when the Undertaker was the Undertaker. So ako, I found it a bit weird then uh, basically walang ambag yung mga legends. Nandun na sila para mag-high, mag-entrance, then wala na. I, I really wish na sila na lang yung crowd. Kasi sobrang nakakalungkot na after everything The Undertaker did, yung final farewell niya, ganun lang. So sana nandun, nandun yung legends at least say a few words or be the crowd to cheer and applaud him. Pero yung favorite moment ko doon obviously was my background, yung hologram ni Paul Bearer. Grabe, kinilabutan ako noon when I saw Paul Bearer. Yeah, that was a really good touch. Uh, uh, there, there are comments saying that it might not have been visible for him because I think it was a TV trick, so parang tayo lang ata nakakita nun. But it was cool. Uh, it was a great personal, emotional touch that they were at least smart about including. So it wasn't all that bad. Parang it wasn't all wasted, I would say. Chaka, if yeah. you take this whole thing alongside the Last Ride documentary series, it's just really one giant farewell to the legacy of the Undertaker. It's one giant goodbye. He didn't give a speech because he didn't need to because he did it in the last episode of The Last Ride. He didn't need to recall how he started in the business because they already covered that part in the first five episodes of The Last Ride. So it's it's already been covered. I guess that's what the WWE was trying to get you to do. You're on the network, assuming that you watch it on the network. You're on the network, you might as well just look back on his entire career as a collection. Right? That's why they promoted it in such a way that The Undertaker is, is going into retirement permanently, supposedly. That's why they started to promote the 
Paul Bearer documentary War, The Mortician, which is very good, by the way. You should uh-huh. catch it if you can. That's why they also uh, did another round of the Broken Skull Sessions with Stone Cold. Because they're bago to, uh, bago. There's a part two. It's the second time. It's the only. It's the first time Stone Cold Steve Austin actually repeated the guest. So it's actually a bigger deal. And it's longer by like an hour. So it's two-hour episode of Damn. the Broken Skull Sessions. Just them shooting the shit with each other, talking about their times, tasting the Undertaker wine. Yes. <laughs> this is something they do on that episode. Take your wine. Uh, and, and it's just the WWE telling people that, oh, ito, 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 take it however you want. This is, this is the one giant goodbye to the legend that is The Undertaker. So, yeah, just to wrap a bow around it, thank you, Undertaker. Thank you for all the memories, all the matches for that legendary career and for really being the last bastion of kayfabe and in, in uh, dito sa modern era. So, you know, thanks for all the memories. Hashtag Undertaker30. Hashtag Farewell Taker. All right. Um, let's go to Survivor Series itself. And the show was kind of weird in the sense na last year, it was all about the scoring and brand supremacy. And then this year, wala man lang scoring whatsoever. Ang nangyari was SmackDown Champions won except for Sami Zayn. Pero Survivor Series matches mismo, Roy yung nanalo. So, anong takeaways natin dito? My takeaway is that the score doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> the brand warfare hardly matters. Uh, the good thing, though, is that even though the score doesn't matter, you can tell by the booking events on both shows. So I, I, I mentioned this on my uh, review for the show on Smart Henry. So you, you got, you, when you get results like Roman Reigns going over Drew McIntyre, you can tell that you know, Vince likes the, the Universal Championship scene more. When you got guys like the when you have the results like the Raw Men's Survivor Series team beating the SmackDown Survivor Series team, you can tell na Vince likes the Raw upper mid card a lot more because there's more star power and all that. So you can tell. Uh, it's a good bar- barometer of, uh, of figuring out what Vince likes and what you should probably watch if you're, trying, if you're still trying to watch the, the main shows like we do. So it's kind of sad that he doesn't, you know, Love everyone equally, but if you can tell, I I actually uh, like a few of the matches that happened. The women's Survivor Series matchup, the elimination match, was pretty good. I I liked how they did the whole spot with Peyton Royce putting her over big time. However, I feel like if they were just gonna put her in another tag team, why did they have to break the iconics apart? Like we've covered this again and again. But why did they just, if they were just going to replace Billy Kay with Lacey Evans, then why did they have to get rid of Billy Kay? I love Billy Kay, you know, both as a wrestler and as a person because she loves Bucky the Vampire Slayer. But in, in, in essence, I just I just really feel sorry for her because she was just Janetti so, so poorly <laughs> in this whole scenario. So... I, I don't know why they had to do that. When, why, are they, why are they still doing this with, with, with another person like DC Evans? Um, I will say that with regards to the whole lot, no, no scoring that they were trying to pull off, I feel like Survivor Series has just become one of those shows that happens just because it needs to happen. Like it's a fall. They, they covered this in the way they promoted the show. It's a fall tradition, right? 
And the WWE doesn't necessarily have a big show for that quarter of the year. You have you have the fall tradition uh, of Survivor Series. You have Summer Slam, which obviously takes place in the summer. And then you had the Rumble and, and WrestleMania. So these big four shows are supposed to be posts in the four quarters of the year. Now that said, last year the rivalry was more prominent because you had the presence of NXT there, and it was really both brands against NXT. But that's what really happened. So, Dito was a unifying factor. There wasn't even uh, an emphasis on, on brand supremacy. But I do like how everything turned up in that way, especially on the men's side, because at least now we know that retribution by by the transferable factor is the better five man team. <laughs> yeah, um, that's equally funny to me because retribution was nowhere to be found on Survivor <laughs> Series. They were also nowhere to be found on Raw. What the hell? <laughs> so so they make this whole big deal. I love the retribution beating the Survivor Series team and not showing up. For two, uh, for two shows. They really don't know what they're doing with this team. They're just there to be there. And it's so sad to see. Yeah. Um, other things that went down in Survivor Series, we saw Seth Rollins essentially get written out. So he yeah. sacrificed himself. He made the, Sheamus give him a bro kick for, for whatever greater good. Greater good. Yeah. yeah, whatever greater good that was. Deepa natin alam ko ni ibig sabihin nun, but ako. I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt pagbalik ni Seth after Becky gives birth. Kasi doon natin makikita ano yung purpose of story na yun eh. Yeah. Uh, give me buckets. Uh, sorry. Large Fries says on Kumu that there are rumors that Braun is going to be the number one contender. Which is true. I read, I saw these rumors. I just don't know if it's going to, how true they will be because we'll find out next week. I just don't like it because it kind of is a weird way to get Braun to that spot. I just wish that they just, you know, go the the normal way. Like, say what, do what they say they were going to do. So, it's weird though. Um, Raw gets, Team Raw gets this uh, stake. Because they have three hours of uh, TV to fill and more time to tell a story. So, you're right. They could have uh, added these stakes before Survivor Series. All right. Um, another thing that uh, is worth noting is the Street Profits picking up a win against the New Day. What does that tell you about where the Street Profits and the New Day are he- are headed? Just the more subtle difference between the two teams. No, I did mention that the winners of the Survivor Series matches, I mean the sh- the matches on the on the pay per view, are reflective of what Vince feels. No, pero ito parang no no. I mean, someone had to lose. Someone had to win. Someone had to lose. Uh, they had to pick one. And it just so happens that for once, they actually went for the younger talent. Because at this point, uh, the New Day is already a made team. They don't need to be elevated any further. And even though the Street Profits have been on such a tear, they could still use a little more elevation. That's why we got this dream match. So yeah, that's what it tells me. Now, uh, they're looking at Street Profits to be the future of their tag team uh, division, whether they're on SmackDown or on Raw. And the feature's looking good, and they want the smoke. All right. Yeah. Sounds good. That, that Street Profits rub was so much... Uh, it's it's, a, it's an important thing to consider because the Street Profits are very juxtaposed 
against the New Day, diba? They've been emphasized this in this little rivalry that they've been having with Big E trying to push things along, diba? And I'm actually glad that Big E, even though he is being emphasized to be the better singles or to be the current singles competitor for the New Day. However, I like how they're trying to make the Street Profits essentially the newer version of the New Day. The new New Day. They're, they're trying to they're trying to make them put them in that position. And I like it. I'm not mad at it at all. All right. Uh, we still have more to talk about regarding the New Day as well as news in and around WWE. But before we do that, we'll take a break and tell you about our friends from Mr. Speedy. Hi, this is Sanaya and I'm a well-being junkie. It's true, I admit it. I love everything to do with mind, body, and energy. And I'm constantly on a journey of learning, exploration, and self-discovery. So I created a podcast to talk to experts, influencers, and thought leaders to be inspired by new ideas. So join me on the Project Loving Myself podcast because the most important relationship you will ever have is the relationship you have with yourself. You are loved. All right, so uh, that was for for our other podcasts on Podcast Network Asia. But like we said, uh, we do have our, our code, Mr. Uh, Mr. Speedy, uh, that we want to tell you about, Trevor, because uh, given the pandemic and everything going on, you need the same-day delivery service that you can afford. Yep, uh, that's right. You get 50 pesos off as well when you place your first delivery with Mr. Speedy. When you use our code, it is. Shit, what is our code? Wrestling, guys? wrestling, wrestling, Mr. Wrestling, Speedy. Yeah. Wrestling, wrestling, X, Mr. Speedy. It's one word. You can book a delivery via their website, mrspeedy.ph, or you can download the Mr. Speedy app from the Apple App Store, Google Play Store, and the Huawei Mobile Gallery. So it's available from Metro Manila, nearby provinces, and Cebu. All right, let's get to some shout-outs from Kumu, Chino. All right. Hey, say what's up to a lot of the people letting their thoughts be heard on Kumu, Sabini, Large Fries. Well, that ended up build up some rivalry, you know, no, no, uh, number one contendership. As he's talking about Braun and Drew here, changing from heel to face from time to time. You know, frog splashed forward from the heavens to us. Let's say it's a little joke there, I, I guess. <laughs> Sorry. I, that was, and then saying what's up to a few people who joined us in Kubo. What's up to Abby again coming back? Ezekiel, PCO3, OYG, Mark202, Luli Statlut, St. Alut, Dindin, and Bestico. It's up to you guys. Thank hey you. Hey, guys. Thank you for joining, joining us. us here on Kubu. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Uh, let's get to our news for the week. Uh, and the biggest one is Xavier Woods being named the new host of G4. He manifested it, spoke it into existence, and now it is happening. Yes. Yeah. As, okay. Sorry. Let me just... I I feel like I'm... As a big nerd and a guy who spent a lot of, st- of his time watching... G4 TV, I am just happy that this channel that is so near and dear to me that gave us people like James Gunn and Olivia Mudd are, is back and going to do things that they are good at. We had this, as nerds, we had this gap when G4 went away. We didn't know where to get our news from anymore. Right? We didn't know where to find out what the latest what the latest video games were coming out. We didn't know what the latest comic books were. 
diba? And G4 essentially filled that gap. And now that it's back and taking into account the newer iterations of nerddom in the form of, of somebody like Xavier Woods, it's important to understand that this actually has a place now, especially because you have things like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is raring still, diba? You have things like the PS5 and the Xbox uh, series, series uh, X, whatever. X, X and series, S. X and S, making its big comeback. So nerddom is still very much a thing. And I am happy that Olivia Munn and company are back. Yes, I said Olivia Munn twice because she is Olivia Munn. The reunion lang to. Is, isn't, is it a full-blown comeback? I'm not. I'm sure Olivia Munn isn't back for good because she has a be- a bigger career outside of G4. Yeah, but, right? but I mean the fact that she's back at doing at least one Attack of the Show special with Kevin <laughs> is it's enough for me. It's it's it's, it's a righteous uh, send off. I feel like instead of okay. just is it bad the masculine lang G4 si Sarah Jean Underwood. That, that's so. I also I actually also uh, recognized her uh, from. From Playboy and of course from G4 by extension. I mean she okay. she was a significant part of the, the network. Now now she just sends nudes and yeah, <laughs> uh, and builds ca- and builds cabins with her fiance. Oh, that's why they're always in cabins. Yes. Okay. Because they uh, have wait, uh, I don't want to have to make this joke, but I have I I'm not the only person who has wondered out loud. Is G4 actually paying Xavier slash Austin Creed in full, or are they paying WWE and Xavier is just getting a cut of, of the salary? Because <laughs> after everything, after the scandalous third party agreement that WWE found themselves in, I think it's unfortunately a fair question to ask now. Because we don't know if Xavier is allowed to actually do this. Like, what's the deal? I'm sure we'll find out tomorrow or by next week. I'm sure more details about the, the the G4 contract will surface soon on our favorite wrestling sites. So I just hope that, you know, for his sake, he's actually getting the entire salary, the entire TF. Yeah, same here. I, I, I'm really happy for Woods. I just hope na pabor sa kanya, na hindi lang kay WWE pabor tong G4 deal. Speaking of labor issues, Alistair Black is in the news. According to Dave Meltzer, he's currently being buried. That's why you aren't seeing uh, aren't seeing him on SmackDown. And he adds that it is not related to Thea Trinidad, but that it might be a matter of time until we see Alistair Black getting future endeavored. To be fair, um, it, it really I don't think it really is related to, to Zelina Vega slash Thea Trinidad. So he's been off TV ever since you know ever since before uh, before Zelina got released. Uh, we haven't been seeing on him on TV since the draft. Uh, he got drafted to SmackDown, but we haven't seen him on SmackDown ever. So I think it's a matter of them not knowing what to do with him, and not just that, not having enough time for him. So the two-hour format of SmackDown is enough enough of an excuse for them to not use him because I think it was a big E. He's only been seen on backstage segments. He hasn't wrestled a match since the draft. So I think they really are preparing him or preparing us for an eventual release. He said that he wanted to go back down to NXT, but I don't think they'll be giving him that, which is going to be sad because I think both uh, that brand could really use him. No matter what yeah. brand he's on, they could really use him. So sad that they're not you know, using him to his full potential. 
Yeah, and it's such a shame considering the dirt sheets, same dirt sheets reported that he was one of two choices to put down the beast at WrestleMania. The other, of course, being Drew McIntyre, current WWE champion. Right? So had Paul Heyman gone the route that way, right? had things turned out in his favor, we wouldn't even be talking about this right now. So imagine how far he's actually fallen to be the next show from being the next chosen one. To being almost fired or nearly fired by the company that he works for now. So, he's in an unenviable position here because he wanted to move back to NXT, like Rose said. They didn't give him that. He wasn't happy with the decision. And so now he's just being written off. And Sayang, because we're talking about a former NXT champion. Yeah, and not only is he, is he a former NXT champion, like Sobrang Galing actually is a wrestler. And as a character, he brought something different Nah, we kind of need now that The Undertaker's gone. Like, we kind of need parang satanista or occult character. <laughs> and in 2020, Alistair Black is that guy. So the fact that they're so willing to let go of their modern-day satanista, parang naka-disheartened siya. Not that I'm a satanista or whatever. It's just that <laughs> Sobrang different no, kasi yeah, he I, will I, also I, tell you that he's not a Satanist. I mean, no, I will. <laughs> I mean, I, no. I understand where you're coming from. The meta horror wrestling market is an extent, extremely popular segment in wrestling community. Right? So, they got rid of the guy who could pull it off. Right? Now we're stuck with Dexter Lewis and his zombies. <laughs> Uh, large, large fries, large fries says that premature then you called up to the Ricochet. That's true, but here's the thing about Alistair Black, and uh, you compared him to the Undertaker. I mean, you compare the characters, but they are really different in major ways. For one, Undertaker is a huge, huge dude that uh, he fits the kind of guy or the kind of wrestler Vince likes. Uh, on the other hand, Alistair Black does not have that same build. Where Triple H was impressed with him and his striking ability and his wrestling ability, I don't think Vince McMahon sees the same potential in him. Because you know him, he's not a mus- he's not a body guy, he's not muscular, he's long and lanky. So as much as I like him, it's kind of fair to say that he doesn't quite immediately pass the eye test. So I can see where the reluctance is coming from. Especially the fact that he is an American and he goes against American values by being a, a quote unquote Satanist. Oh, it's just so liberal, So, market But it's the, the counterculture aspect that he brings to the table is something that's going to be missed if and when he does leave the company. Hindi din CM Punk Because when he first showed up in WWE, people made the CM Punk comparisons. And the fact of the matter is, he doesn't have the charisma and the mic skills yeah. that TM Punk has. So yun din, that uh, works against Alistair Black. So sad. It's, it's really sad. I mean, you know, ako, as a fan of the guy, I, I uh, want more for him. And if it means that he has to be Tommy End again and go to Impact or AEW, then you know, uh, I, I wish that he, uh, he finds that and he, he gets whatever success he ultimately deserves. Please so, stop Impact. As a guy who watches Impact every week now, please stop <laughs> Impact. Yun. You know, Yo, oi, oi. We, we have time to talk about impact that's happening in a bit. For now, though, we got to take a quick break and tell you about our friends from Lazada. So, Ro, how can, uh, how can their online shopping help the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast? All right, guys, if you are getting ready for your Christmas uh, parties, your holidays, your secret Santas, your Kris Kringles, if you will, 
you can use our Lazada affiliate link to go get your stuff, all the gifts you need to get on Lazada. And all you have to do is go to tinyurl.com slash wrestling wrestling x Lazada. Just uh, hit the store from there and check out all the items you need to check out and the rest will take care of itself. Every little purchase gives us a small commission to help the lights uh, you know, stay on in both PNA and the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. All right. And now let's take another break and talk about our other podcasts on Podcast Network Asia. Hey there, this is Nikki Torres. Check out Chief Best Friends, a podcast for work besties everywhere. If you've ever wondered whether business and friendship can mix, then this show is for you. This is brought to you by Podcast Network Asia. All right, we have a bit of time right now to get to stuff outside WWE. Before we do that, Chino, any shout-outs from Kumu on your end? Hey, somebody sent us a halo halo. Thank you to, for the halo halo user 6420574. Thank you sa in your first Kumu gift. I think this is the first time. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, oh thanks, Abby. What's up, Abby? Thank you for that. Also, saying what's up. To Kim Sariel and Gley Songasis, Hannah 006, RJ Ramos, and Voice Salad. So, Gimme Buckets and Large Fries are having their own little conversation about Tommy End, aka Alistair Black. Yeah, Kumu. we'll discuss about where he's going when he gets released or if when, or when he gets he there. Yeah. When the bridge is in a, there for us to cross. Yeah. Yes. You know who isn't released though? It's Lana. And in fact, Lana is probably gonna be keep lucking her way into the women's championship at this point. Like when I saw this happen, I was like, okay, Lana's sole survivor as expected. How it happened though was pretty funny. Pretty smart, actually. Uh yeah. first of all, uh I will say that the women's survivor series match was a lot better than the men's. I don't know why, but they worked harder and it paid off better. A lot of guys or a lot of people, a lot of fans might not like the fact that Lana is the sole survivor. But it wasn't like she they were forcing her down her throat. Uh, She wasn't doing anything she couldn't do out there. So it was good. A a slight lack, a slight lapse of logic there. But it looked good. Uh, Bianca Belair looked good. Uh, The tag team champions looked good. And... I find myself strangely rooting for Lana, even though she's not good. You know, as a wrestler, as a, you know, a young wrestler, a green wrestler myself, uh, I would say that she is actually knocking all the opportunities she's been given out of the park. So they give her these, these really short sequences, and then she's all there for them. Like, she doesn't mess them up. Like, uh, I don't know if she practices them, like, over and over. But y- if you notice, she doesn't really botch them or anything. She's not bad at them. Let's see, that goes a wrong answer. way. Yeah, that, she, she, for all we know, she could be breaking tables at uh, her and Miro's house, right? <laughs> <laughs> Asking Miro to slam her through a table again and again just so she gets it right. But yeah, I agree. Uh, if Rose done it at this point, um, I actually agree with where Lana is going. Now, I am actually rooting for Lana myself because I saw her chronicle. Uh, oh, just yeah. before watching Survivor Series, I went on a whole Chronicle binge. And if you watch or if you subscribe to our Patreon, I might just release a whole 
Chronicle review for all the Chronicles that I saw <laughs> and the build up to Survivor Series. But I like Lana because after watching her Chronicle episode, you sympathize with her, not just as a wrestler having to go through so many hoops, being slammed through tables and bullied by Nia Jax, but also as a person who has to be who has to put up with all this social media abuse by quote unquote wrestling fans, online being called a lazy or bad wrestler or or whatever you can throw at her. She's been called that online. And you can see in that episode that it really gets to her. Especially now that her husband is not with her uh, ringside anymore. She relied on Miro for a, a majority of her career, even before they were actually married. So it was it was really something that was heart-wrenching, that was impactful, uh, for lack of a better word. And it's actually something that makes you want to root for an underdog like Lana. I will close up my thoughts by saying that nowadays there is a very distinct, uh, there is a very clear distinction, rather, between a diva and a wrestler that yeah. the WWE isn't trying to make. And I feel like Lana falls in the category of diva because of her looks, because of where she came through, and because she was a part of the diva search, right? But that said, it doesn't mean that divas don't have a place in the current women's scene of the WWE. Because after all, Carmella was a former WWE champion. She beat Asuka twice, right? And she was called a diva by Charlotte Flair on TV. So there is a place for people like Lana in the larger scale of things. And it's not beyond the realm of possibility for her to be a champion in this scene. Before we move on, uh, I want to touch on what Addy said. Hey, Ron, what's up, man? He, she asked on Kumu, should she watch the Chronicle of Lana to, so that she could eventually like her? And I want to touch on that because I know it's two different things, but if WWE actually told stories that are closer to real life or actually use the real life stories that they show in their documentaries on screen. I know they're two different things because hey, you want to tell a kayfabe story and then you have the real life uh, shoot story. But if they actually went that route and you know, uh, use the content that's more for the WWE 24 or the six, yung, yung HBO documentaries, pag may laban si Pacquiao, um, I, would, I would actually think that a lot of people would cheer for the, for the people that, for the wrestlers that need cheering more. I say uh, the the real stories are actually way more compelling than sadly the the kayfabe stories they're trying to tell. That that's a problem the WWE has always had. You can yeah. see it even before the network happened. on shows like Total Divas, where they try and blur the lines between kayfabe and what's real life. but they don't really do a good job of it because they blur it so much that even they are confused with the story that they're trying to tell. And so as a result, you get told these half-cooked, half-baked storylines on TV, and then you get left out with the premium good stuff that comes in the form of the documentaries, of the real-world stories that come from these amazing people. It's like because Lana has such a compelling story. People like Summer Rae, 
had had a compelling story on Total Rivas. But did we see that on TV? No, we didn't see that on TV at all. Diba? We only got what we got. And then, wala, wala time magawa. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah. So, yeah, congrats to Lana. And I, ako, I, I'm going to agree with Roe here. I am kind of rooting for her as well. Mostly because I, I hate the abuse she gets online. And if somehow compensate yung real life success niya in her career, then, you know, I'm, I'm all for it. So now, let's give a shout out to Ron. Sarah was tuned into us on Google. Hey, Ron. Shout out to Ron. What's, up, man? What's up, Ron? Up early to get cashless wrestling talk. Oh, my. Oh, my. <laughs> Uh, Chino, do you want to talk about Zaya Li and Boa from NXT? Because their their mystical ancient Chinese story took a weird turn this week. Okay, see Romu now. See, he has a better grasp. Well, I've only, I've only actually seen this segment online. I haven't seen NXT <laughs> in whole. So maybe Ro can talk to it. Wala, wala, wala namang iba nangyari. Yung, yung segment wala namang iba nangyari. Okay. No, no, no. no. We, have, we, have okay, to so from, we have to recap it from the week before. Diba? Before before this week, si Boa ran into the weird Asian guy who suddenly showed up in the performance center. And then the Asian guy branded him on the wrist, right? And then parang Sinaboa and Zaya were scared because they were failing. They weren't winning matches. Zaya wasn't winning matches. So this week, they were being taken by the weird Asian guy in a car to their master or the Shifu, who is apparently a woman. And speculation, or before that, they're still scared because they, they have been failing. They, they have been winning. Yeah, they're I don't know what's going to happen to them. Uh, it seems like they will be punished for something or transformed into something. I guess something bad will happen because they're really scared. And um, ano sila, yung parang yung mga warriors ni Ichigaki dun sa Ghost Fighter. Yung meron silang naka, nakakabit na whatever. Tapos kinokontrol sila. And that was a deep cut. That's a deep cut. The farthest I thought was, was Mortal Kombat. He's Scorpion, Because they were they were cast to hell to the uh, yeah. realm. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, the rumors are speculating that the the mysterious Shifu, who is a woman, may or may not be a Japanese Meito, Keita, sorry, uh, Meiko Satomura. Hey. is really going to be super racist because just because she's <laughs> Japanese should not make her the superior of these two Chinese superstars. Um, okay. it's, either, hey. it's either Mako or uh, NXT superstar Kyren Q who was injured, who, was, uh, who came into the WWE through the Mae Young Classic back in 2018, but she got injured last year. So it's either a Japanese or a Chinese woman being the master of these two guys. I actually don't find it that racist. I'll be honest. I don't think it's stereotypical. Yes, is it stereotypical? Yes. But I don't. I don't think it's that racist at all because they were feeding off of pre-existing tropes in Asian cinema. Right? The whole mystical aspect of kung fu is a very prominent trope in Asian cinema. Right? And if this is something that they wanted to expose for the betterment of storytelling i'm not necessarily offended by it well what Sorry, I'm, Gino, I'm gonna what? argue against you here and say that it really is racist because chinese people and japanese people are very different Dun no i'm not talking about problematic that. Yun, eh. i'm not talking about that i said about I, I was talking about the mystical aspect of things ah, okay, okay. oh yeah yeah that, that's okay, okay to me 
But yung, yung whole, yung Japanese Chinese, yes, hindi sila transferable. I get that. That's that's bad, <laughs> diba? But the whole, the whole, because they're Chinese, therefore, they get to learn about the mystical magic of Kung Fu. That's really not that racist, guys. It's not like... I don't they, know. That's not what I said was racist. Diba? I was really talking about the Japanese thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it, I got it. Okay. So, so I, I actually don't like it. In fact, if anything, I'm actually proud that they... They are taking an Asian stance that isn't just about the Joshis or the strong style, diba? It's actually a different look into Asian culture. Culture that is close to you and I stand, diba? So, yeah. to a certain extent, diba? For and, sure. Diba? At, the, at the very least, diba? It's, it's that angle that they're taking. Now, if they decide to go... With Rico Satamura, that's uh, a different story. But we know, we still don't know. Because it's not a good thing, so we don't know. We all can only speak to it once it happens. All right, let's go to other news outside WWE. Chino, I I know you have a, a few thoughts on Impact. You want to get out of your chest, so let's get right to that. Okay, so the big thing on Impact this week was a tease between the Good Brothers and the North. Uh, one of the members of the North, All Ego, Ethan Page. Demanded a rematch against the Good Brothers after they beat the North for their Impact Tag Team titles. The Impact Tag Team scene is very stacked right now with all these tag teams making a return. Nandun parin, you know, Good Brothers who just arrived. We also got the North. We have a returning James Storm forming a tag team with the less injured member of the World City Machine Guns, right? So, no, not, not Alex Shelley, the other guy. The guy who isn't Alex Shelley is in a tag team with James Chris Storm Sa- now. There we go. Chris Saban, sorry. And so it's actually a very tag team scene. But that being said, of this week's edition of Impact, for the North to get a tag team title rematch against the Good Brothers, they had to beat Carl Anderson's phenomenal friend. Oh my God! And they were just so—they were just so adamant about him being super phenomenal that when the reveal came, it was not phenomenal because it was Hornswoggle in AJ Styles cosplay. <laughs> it was phenomenal. It was—it was the big reveal on Impact Wrestling because first of all, are we supposed to believe that AJ Styles? Suddenly signed back with Impact in four days' time. No, like, <laughs> like, first of all, no. But also, this is a stunt that early 2000s Impact would do. Yes! No, yes. Not current day Impact where they're trying to be better. No, not, not current day Impact where they're trying to actually have good wrestling. Sobrang galawang Jarrett, eh. Yes, so Bretalaga, so from Vince Russo days. So, it's so disappointing that they resulted back to this. It's such an asinine way to pull it off. But don't you mind eating his swagula? He's appeared for two promotions in two weeks. Two oh, that's true. So good good for him. Ha? Yeah, good for him with all his hustle. Ha? But at the same time, come on, impact. Be better. Be better. <laughs> Be better impact. <laughs> okay, uh, let's go to AEW because AEW Dynamite has Winter is Coming as its big show next week. You've got the headlining match. It is John Moxley versus Kenny Omega for the world title. And if I, if I had to make a prediction, I think Kenny Omega wins this. It has to happen because I know I, I'm just tired of Mox as champion. 
I just need <laughs> to see him be the challenging baby face again. Man, I agree. I kind of, I, I kind of hope this is it. Because nung kay Eddie Kingston, parang oh, hindi pa naman. Uh, I wouldn't buy an Eddie Kingston win, even though some other people would. Uh, they were ready to see Mox lose, but I was ready to see Mox lose nung ano pa eh, Lance Archer pa eh. So same. Hopefully, this is it. I hope they're not trigger shy or gun shy about having the title change on uh, what is essentially a glorified episode of Dynamite. So pull the trigger. Let's do this. I- I also don't feel like this will be Kenny Omega's night, number one, because he's being built so well with the whole theater return that they're trying to pull. And number two, if current reports are to be believed, John Moxley might not be seen on TV for a while because he hasn't seen Sawan yet. So I know it's a a whole nine months away, but on the first episode of Renee Young's brand new podcast, they actually talk about Taking some time off the the ring, they actually okay. talk about taking a break from the whole resting scene. So it won't be put past the idea. I won't put past AEW creatives to say that oh, pay nga kamo na You've done it. So so I feel like Kenny Omega uh, right now is just in the prime spot to take the title away. Give it to him, yeah. TK. Yeah, th- this could also probably mean that come Wrestle Kingdom, Kenta takes the U.S. title away from Moxley, as um, Stevie and John, Christopher and uh, Lance are pointing out to Facebook. So yeah, that's uh, that's something worth uh, noting heading into Wrestle Kingdom season. Uh, saying hi to Chino Andin, by the way, good friend of the podcast. Uh, hey, Chino, Thank you for showing us some love tonight. All right, um, another match happening. So Winter is coming, which is a dumb name, by the way. Like for a second, I actually <laughs> thought it was not a dynamite show. Okay, uh, let's talk about this one. Team Taz, Ricky Starks, and Powerhouse Hobbs versus Cody Rhodes and Darby Allen. What do you think about this one? Man, um, this is the least or the third most uh, intriguing match on the show. Uh, They're trying to get the FTW Championship to be a thing on uh, Dynamite. And to me, while I'm not so hot about that, like, okay, okay. if you really want to, then sure. Sana mas okay if you had a second show to go along with it, but okay. I don't like Hobbs's uh, heel turn because there are a lot of big uh, heels already on the show. You got guys like Brian Cage, Jake Hager, uh, Lance Archer, Brody Lee. Brody Lee. Yeah, and you could have been the first big babyface, you know, uh, a really big. Oh, yeah, but he, you don't see him much. Where's when was the last time you saw Luchasaurus? Yeah, good point. I, I, yeah, my Wardlow pala. Namiskano on Jurassic Express. Yeah, so Wardlow pa. See, uh, I don't think I think he's gonna be uh, lost in the shuffle, especially when it comes to Team Taz when they already have Brian Cage. Although I think Brian Cage wants to play cruiserweight because when it comes to uh, yeah. maybe that's why they got him. Yeah, I, I think I think Cage is more comfortable doing the flippy shit. Oh, he likes doing he likes doing a huge underground in the Indies, etc. I, I I'm actually going for team team Taz on this. Uh, with, yeah, they yeah. kind of need the win. Yeah, they yeah. they so need the win. So bro, so bro. I'm gonna say now while I hate the Will Hobbs heel turn, feeling ko okay lang kasi mukha siyang goons. Alam mo yun yung talaga mukhang kontrabida na goon. Like, Come on, man. Medyo hindi siya kapani. No, no, no. I, 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 um, it, it's just really. <laughs> 
No, yun lang talaga impression of Will Hobbs. Go. Yeah, I, I know where Stan's coming from. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's totally not totally a racist thing. It's just that he has no, that I'm not look. saying it was a racist thing. He's just calling him ugly. <laughs> no, no. I mean, it, it, he has that look. You can buy... I actually will buy him more as a heel than as a baby face. Yes. Thank you. Thank to be you. honest. Like, if I see no, him I'll... at first... If I see him at... Uh, the first time I saw him was a dark. And I think kalaban niya yun, yun si Dustin Rhodes. And so naturally, heel siya, di ba? So, eh, so it would it would make more sense to me that he become a heel on Dynamite. But um, signing him, build niya, to be sure, well, he was built as a face so well, and then they just buried him, and then they make, he became a heel now all of a sudden. So, But I feel like Team Taz needs the win to legitimize both Taz as a manager and Team Taz as a fan. All right, and then there is the AEW Dynamite Diamond Ring Battle Royal. So who do you think is winning this one? I think this is Adam Page's to win. Although we don't know what the the Dynamite Diamond Ring is for. When it was first announced, I thought it was like some sort of title shot that they could cash in or whatever. But apparently it's just a prop. And um, whatever it is, though, I hope Adam Page wins it because he needs a win. Yeah, name one year subscription to the DDP over. <laughs> That's what you get. Uh, uh, no, I do. Uh, <laughs> well, right? didn't, didn't MJF have that ring for a while? Anyway. He still uh, does. He still does. He uses it as a, no, as a weapon. Uh, he uses it as a weapon, exactly. I feel like Adam Page wins too. Uh, and I'm going to base my assumption on Recent dirt sheets, and the one that the dirt sheets that say that he might actually be facing a heel turn now, where mm. a, he's going to go through a depression, a serious depression. Kenny Omega wins the title, and he ends up facing Kenny Omega with Kenny being an anti-hero uh, baby face of sorts. That's it's a it's a little misconstrued, but people are saying that the that a uh, Hangman Adam Page might actually pull off a heel turn. So I'm going with it. Ah, I think All he doesn't right. need one though. Oh, ma, parang mas kailangan talaga baby face eh. Oh. But then, I mean, <laughs> guys, you gotta I understand. Don't, I don't want Cody anymore. Here. Yeah. <laughs> but we don't have linear storytelling in AEW. So. Clearly. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, before we get to our picks of the week, any shout outs on Kumu Chino? Last few shout outs going out to Kyle Gregorio. Who says just let Kenny Omega be, be full Go. heel and be the cleaner once again? Um, also saying what's up to the last few joiners on our stream. What's up to Bry, to Marilyn Ramos, to Khalil, to Kyle, who sent us a hello, hello. Thank you, Kyle. Thanks, to Kyle. Spin, to Apple, to Marvin, to The Factor, to Fred Dennis, and to Corix. Thank you for joining us on Google. All right, thank you so much. Now, um, quick, uh, quick shoppy plug before our picks of the week. If you want to use your online shopping, lala ng Christmas season, and help out the wrestling wrestling podcast at the same time, here's all you need to do, Ro. All right, so if you need to get stuff on Shopee, all you have to do is go to this link. It's tinyurl.com slash wwpxshopee, S-H-O-P-E-E, wwpxshopee. And the rest will take care of itself. All right. So just use that link and we're good to go. So yeah, let's get our picks of the week. 
I'm going to start with mine. Yung main event ng NXT this week is a ladder match for a War Games advantage between Kyle O'Reilly and Pete Dunne. It was a story they told basically from the start of the show hanggang main event. So that, that gets plus points for me automatically. Great match. Really compelling. Kyle O'Reilly's story is continued. Na he wants to be yung parang 1A to Adam, Cole's one, to Adam Cole's number one. And, you know, Pete Dunne. Getting to be Pete done once again, something I sorely miss. I'm just glad I got to see that. All right. Uh, my pick of the week is the Street Profits versus New Day from Survivor Series. Honorable mention from this week's NXT, the Kevin Owens show. Please, uh, he goes all out. I think he got the most creative freedom to run the show as he wants. He becomes Abed on this uh, on this uh, <laughs> episode of the KO show. He's pointing out all the wrestling tropes. Before, um, like. If you mention a wrestler's name, they're gonna come out to interrupt. That was off uh, the account because I think the guys backstage were ribbing him. So uh, it's really it must be seen. It must be it must be watched to be believed. Go catch that. All right, my pick of the week goes out to the Undertaker. We've talked about him enough, but this very last pick goes out to his latest appearance on Hot Ones, where he goes down on some very spicy chicken wings but also breaks down his career in incredible ways. Now, Sean Evans is one hell of an interviewer, and it is just a sight to behold how deeply he researches his topic and his subject matter. And this episode is no exception. You talk, you see The Undertaker talk about his very, very early days as a wrestler to his latest incarnations. He talks about his pictures with Post Malone, and he talks about that iconic entrance music we know and love him for. And it's just a very, very compelling watch. If there was any doubt that Mark Calloway is burying The Undertaker, this should put it to rest. Because it's just a very, very well broken down episode. And I want you all to watch it. And my honorable mention for this week, just because I saw it a lot later in the week, is the Chronicle episode featuring Lana. It's very compelling as well. All, All right. right. Before we get out of here, we got some stuff we need to tell you about. First off, the Podcast Network Asia is doing a lot of good work alongside the Kaya Natin Movement. That is an organization that works with the OVP. So, Ro, let's tell them how they can be part of Hashtag Podcast United. Ayun, uh, actually, Babyface producer Nika has already flashed the image on the screen. First, you can uh, donate to Podcast United by going to pymy.co slash pna4, that's the number four, typhoon, pna4typhoon. You can donate as much as you want. Just click buy it now and you can use your credit card or debit card or your PayMaya wallet if you have a PayMaya wallet. So it's really easy. And then there's also a QR code that you can scan right here. Uh, also flashed on the screen. Just scan that QR code and it will take you to the donation page or the transaction page. It's really, really easy. I hope you guys can uh, spare some change uh, for the benefits of the of our Kababayans who were affected by Ulysses. Uh, yeah, sobrang ago. daming effect. Um, up north in in Cagayan, down south in Albay, Catanduanes, Camarines Norte, Camarines Sur. Here in Metro Manila, yung mga taga Marikina, neighboring provinces like like Rizal, sobrang lala talaga nung effects ni Ulysses. So, if you can help out, please do. Sobrang laking bagay nun. And another another way you can get involved with civic action, and and um, I'm I'm not saying this lightly at all, is voter registration. We talk about this a lot on on deck. And I talk about this on the radio as well. 
COMELEC has actually opened up online registration for voters. Lalo na if you're a new voter or if you are relocating because you change changed address, there's a thing called iRegistro right now. Yo. And you can check it out. Uh, retweet na namin siya ni Ro, so you can find the link on our Twitter, but let me read it out for you just the same. It's iregistro.comelec.gov.ph slash CEF1. Again, iregistro.comelec.gov.ph slash CEF1. Check it out. 2022, sobrang important election ito, guys. We yeah, really need to step, step up. One step shorter on, in the registration process. So, Chino, I think you were asking us about how to do that. Yeah, I think oh, it's the easiest yeah, way yeah. Uh, to do this. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, 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 I'll check that out. Also, I thought it was a reporter. I, I know him best for TV. Yeah, I know he was a radio DJ. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. He was an AM radio DJ. So I did not know that. <laughs> that counts, right? So, I guess. <laughs> anyway, let's get the plugs before we get out of here. Um, On deck, new episode is up. It features the great Tina Ryan. One of the Yo. first uh, female voices of Magic hey, 89.9. What a legend. Sobrang legend. legend. Your friend and mine, Chino. Uh, yes. we, we have a very fun conversation, including the very awkward story of how she and I met. So that's up on Spotify <laughs> already. Of course, you can book us on shoutout.com. S-H-A-W-T-O-U-T.com. Yung TF namin promise hindi siya 1,000 US dollars. Promise yun. Hindi <laughs> naman kami undertaker. Makakuha kayo ng 100 shoutouts sa kanila for the price of one undertaker shoutout. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chino, uh, plugs on your end. My new episode of Class Clown is making its debut tomorrow. And we talk about a topic that is very important, especially to Stan C. We talk about cybersecurity. I have guest Mike Sadi on. He's a stand-up comedian and IT expert, alongside with the security analyst, Mags Reyes. And we break down what you need to know about your password, password protection, what information you send out when you use public Wi-Fi, VPNs, all that goodness on Yon. this week's episode of Class nice. Clown. Chino, kailangan mo rin yun, man. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. I learned so much on this episode. <laughs> Babyface producer Nikai will, will attest to that. Uh, it's a very important episode to listen to, especially nowadays. Oh, that's mm-hmm. so very important. Especially for Chino. All right, Ro. <laughs> All right, I'm uh, just gonna plug Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash shang underscore daddy. Tomorrow we'll do the, we'll continue our Dungeons and Dragons series. Uh, we haven't done that for the past two weeks for many reasons. So if you've been part of our journey over the past month, uh, you'll be excited for that. And also, please, please, please read smarthenry.com. All right, and don't forget to follow us wherever you are on Kumu at Wrestling Wrestling Pod. Facebook and Instagram, it is at Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. And on Twitter, at Wrestling2XPod. Individually, it is at Roiswar, at Chino Supersized, and at underscore Stancy. And on behalf of everybody, thank you very much to Babyface Producer Nikai and to Podcast Network Asia. Thank you to everybody. And thanks to these two guys for putting up with me and my metal mouth. We, we got to get out of here. This episode is in the books. Stay safe, stay healthy, wash your hands, and parang awa nyo na, please register to vote. Peace out. <laughs> Peace.
The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.